Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Adrenaline in my soul. Cody had a good promo. Welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast review of Monday Night Raw here live on the WrestleTalk podcast YouTube channel. I am Luco in DAD and I'm joined by Tempest once again because Pete is still on holiday. That was a very good intro. Thank you. I thought of it while I was having a wee. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll open with that, I think. The adrenaline in my soul bit doesn't always land. So I was like, come on, Luke, make it land. And it, it worked out. It was the right syllables. It was very well done. I was pretty pleased with very that one. Good. But welcome to the channel. Please, if this is your first time here, press that subscribe button. Press the thumbs up button as well. Helps in the old algorithm. Uh, we have also now passed 72,000 subscribers. We are on our way to 85. That's our next target that I'm looking to hit. So thank you all so much who have subscribed along the way. Um, when we get to 85, we'll do another big 10-hour stream of some sort. It'll be in the middle of July or something. Still Royal Rumble. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> maybe the most be, fun. Exactly. Money in the Bank matches, maybe. That's it. I've, whatever whatever pay-per-view we're close to, if we're close to SummerSlam, we'll do all SummerSlam main events that are in there or you know something along those lines oh there's some bad ones oh there are we but there are also some bad royal rumbles like, yeah you know there are some bad ones at anything oh i can't wait to watch diesel and viscera <laughs> <laughs> the only good option we'd have is if we just did the chairs match stipulation because oh. there's nothing but there's nothing but good chairs matches as there. we found out from the latest survival series watch now on parts unknown uh but also you can stay here and watch this go watch that later on actually uh i'm sure our moderators will uh post a link to that thank you mods uh, and also get in your ultra chats as well for uh, wrestle.com forward slash support where we now all of them above the five us dollars join the conversation with fellow wrestling fans uh, in our lovely little community we have here as we kick things off with an excellent promo a wonderful promo oh, so great like when they just said hey cody rhodes is going to come out to cut a promo i was like cool 
I know where this is going. I've seen a Cody promo. I've been watching Cody promos for a long time. I know where this one's heading. Cody Rhodes comes out, and it was heading to be your regular Cody Rhodes promo segment, yep. where he came out and he was like, so what do you want to talk about? And you know, people were trying to put Sammy, and he was like, yeah, Sammy's saying, like, hey, it could be me versus Sammy at WrestleMania. And the crowd was like, whoa, that'd be amazing. I was like, this is a really smart way to structure this, because you are on a fine line at the moment where you can't have Cody appear to be the second choice, the second best guy. Mm -hmm. But also, you can't have Cody overshadow the very popular Sami Zayn, because that might backfire on him. So you've got a really fine line, and I think they're, they're skirting it so well. I really think so, because to me, it's always been a bit of a frustration in years past where it's like, yeah, a, a champion has a title defense at the February pay-per-view, but all of the build is between the Rumble winner and the WrestleMania main event world champion at the time. And it's like, yeah, we just kind of forget about this title match because it's kind of a foregone conclusion. And I think it still is here. I think we know who's winning that match, but they've done a very good job of pre presenting it on TV. Like, no, they're really hyping this up. Like there is a big potential chance for Sami Zayn to win this and go into WrestleMania as champion. I think that'd be really interesting when we get to SmackDown as well, because like the segment they had on SmackDown this past week was awesome. Awesome. And you know, we've now got two episodes, two more episodes. Yep. Holy hell, like I suddenly realized they just said on this show, oh, it's a week Saturday, the chamber. And I was like, is it? Yeah. We've literally just had the rumble. It feels like it. Like these three weeks between pay-per-views, which I guess we just got out of that cycle with a huge gap between Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, was, that pay-per-view was a week and a half ago, and the next one's a week and a half from now. <laughs> it's the road to WrestleMania. Uh, so I I was really into this anyway, because I thought the Sami Zayn thing was, it was a, a nice little touch, and I thought mm -hmm. they, they're skirting this line very, very well. And then Paul Heyman comes out, mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, just a good reminder, the main event of WrestleMania is Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. And we do need to start that build as well. Like we're doing some really good stuff with Sammy and Roman on SmackDown, but we do also can't just be wasting time with Cody for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So Paul Heyman comes out here and I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to find the words to describe this. I, I put it on the thumbnails today. It felt real. Mm -hmm. And that is sort of how I feel about this promo is that the, the comments that Cody and Heyman were saying to each other just felt real and genuine. This was Paul Heyman coming out. It's like, hey, you know, look, I'm, you know, I'm the wise man to the tribal chief. I'm the advocate, this and the other. But I really just want to congratulate you because our families have got, we've got a lot of connections, you and I. And Cody's like, you know what? My dad and my brother have had a lot of names for you. But for me, I'll refer to you as Mr. Heyman. And I just want to thank you because... In 2000, my family fell on really hard times, and my dad, we were broke. My dad was doing car commercials, not for the money, because it was a way for him to keep the car. And you picked up the phone and said, Steve is going to do this promo on an ECW show. Do you want to come in and do something? And not only did it give us a little bit of income, it gave him, my, my dad, the confidence boost that he needed to show that he can be the American dream once again. And then Heyman fled that around to be like, and your dad helped train like the next generation of wrestlers. Like he's responsible for Seth Rollins, Becky Bailey. I think naming Becky and Bailey was really smart because they were the main events of yep. this show. And Rollins, who was another big star. And of course, Roman Reigns. There was all of this sort of stuff. Like it genuinely felt like 
Heyman looked like he was close to tears mm-hmm. with the kind words that Cody was sharing about him. And it was that sort of reaction where it all felt genuine to the point where the audience gave him like the respectful clap for getting emotional mid promo. And it's Paul Heyman, the one that was wishing for Sami Zayn's death on this show two weeks ago. Yeah. An unbelievable promo this was because so often, and especially like in the old regime of WWE, like none of the the wrestlers felt like people. They all just kind of felt like caricatures and everything. And even on the shows, the ones that were really good in-depth characters, it kind of felt like their characters stop when the show ends. This was very much a promo segment where it was two people just talking to one another. And yeah, they're turned up to 11 because Cody Rhodes is a very good promo and he goes out there and he's a wrestling character himself. But it all felt so genuine. It felt so real. And it felt like an AEW promo. That's what I was about to say. Where they were peeling back layers to this and talking about things and not insulting the audience's attention. It doesn't have to be things that go into deep explanations about things. But it just treated everything with the respect that I would want out of a great promo segment between two great promos. I think that's the key to it, because you're right, this felt like an AEW promo segment. And one of those good AEW promo segments where it's not like you need to ha- you need to be a reader of the Observer newsletter to right. understand the references we're making, or you need to have really in-depth knowledge of and have watched every episode of Being the Elite to understand the references that we're making here. No, because they told you everything you needed to know from this mm-hmm. promo. Like if you don't know the story of Dusty going to a uh, going to ECW, Cody told it in a way that didn't feel like a oh, and by the way, you need this bit of context here for here's the a rest- history lesson here's a history lesson it was just like a he he made it part of the conversation because it fed him from paul Heyman congratulating him on winning the rumble and him being like you know i know i'm going up against roman and so i just want to extend that thanks to you because you've extended that thanks to me and like, it worked so nicely to make it feel genuine and real and bring the audience in so everyone's in on the same page we spent so long like and i I am not going to backtrack and say that I haven't been banging the Sami Zayn drum for the last few months that I wanted that to be the WrestleMania match by any means. But I have also been very much saying that like they have time to build a story with this. And in one little promo segment, I'm now totally invested in the story of Cody Rhodes and Paul Heyman. And I can only imagine that that's just going to continue to build until WrestleMania. And man, I watched this and I just watched the presence that Cody had in this segment. And I was like, what a star he is on this show. Delivering such a money promo that wasn't directed at Roman specifically, but they tied Roman into this little family-esque squabble between Cody and Paul Heyman in such a seamless way, such yeah. a natural way, because I think a lot of people have justifiably looked at this and been like, well, Cody doesn't seem connected to the Roman Reigns thing at all, when so much of the Roman Reigns story over the last year has been everything going on with the bloodline, and how do you do that in two months with WrestleMania coming? 
And they did it with one promo. And it doesn't need to be a bloodline thing. It just needs to be a Roman Reigns thing. Yeah. And they connected this promo to Roman Reigns by the end in such a seamless way that I'm now very invested in seeing Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns more than I was like a week ago. Because there was a very, I remember saying this on, I can't remember if it was the Rumble stream or the 10 hour stream or anything we did, but there's a very easy through line that you can do for Reigns versus Cody, which mm -hmm. is wrestling has more than one royal family. Yeah. It's the Rhodes legacy going up against the Anawaii legacy. And it's like, they, you know, I don't say this a lot, Credits a commentary. When Cody was making his entrance, they made the point he's the first member of the Rhodes family to main event WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of pressure already on his shoulders there. But you're right, like the tying into Roman, I thought that this was a genius little moment. Paul Heyman with a masterful performance in this. Because he's cutting this promo about, hey, your father prepped and trained the top stars in this promotion. Seth Rollins was prepped and trained by Dusty. Becky Lynch prepped and trained by by Dusty. Bailey prepped and trained by Dusty. Roman Reigns prepped and trained by Dusty Rhodes. And he's now the universal champion, the longest running universal champion. He's the forever champion, the tribal chief. And then he's like holding back these tears as he says, I'm going to let you in the last conversation that me and your father ever had. He said to me that you were his favorite son. And you know, Cody and Cody's got this like, oh, that's, you know, those are the words I wanted to hear. And there's a pause, and he's like, but he wishes that it Roman Reigns was his actual... Or, you know, it was that fed. It was just yeah. like, Roman Reigns was the son he wished he had. Yeah. The mask slipped, the facade drops, and he was like, oh, all of this has been bollocks. Like, you've just been doing this to sucker Cody in and give this personal jibe to annoy him and wind him up. And it was like, a, oh, that was brilliant. And an even better masterful performance after that is Cody goes up and Paulman's like, I didn't mean it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. I was just trying to, I was trying to go to you. I didn't really mean to say anything. And Cody shakes his hand. And Paul's like, ah, you hurt my hand, you hurt my hand. <laughs> and Cody says, I was just a guy that wanted to win the titles. But everybody wants to make things personal. So at WrestleMania, I'm going to win those titles personally. And now, now I want to see what's Cody going to, like, how does Cody then channel this into Roman Reigns? And that, tie that in with what Heyman's been doing with Sammy and the Bloodline. How does this tie in with Heyman and Roman? How does all of this connect together? And it's like, I'm now super into this. I I mean, it's no shock that Paul Heyman can go out there and cut a masterful promo. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's not a surprise yeah, that yeah. we see that. But I had like, there hasn't been that many times in recent months and like the last year or so where we've been able to see Paul Heyman really sink his teeth into something new, some new material. Cause everything last year was like Brock Lesnar focused up until SummerSlam basically. And the whole Paul Heyman, will he, won't he thing was very much the through line of that story, at least going into WrestleMania and we ended up just kind of getting the same Paul Heyman promo where it was very, it was delivered very well. But again, something that we had seen many times by the time that feud was finally over. And since then, there hasn't been too many examples of Paul Heyman getting to just stand in the ring and cut a promo with somebody. And this was a, an example of just like, what a masterful performance from both of these guys where, again, they could make it feel so genuine, so real with all of these very real subjects. 
And then it's just a drop of a dime. Be able to turn that and be like, yeah, but this is wrestling. It's a wrestling this angle. This is a guy. wrestling angle. Yeah. And your dad wishes that my client was his son. <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous, but so excellently performed by these two masters. Like, I was watching this and I just went, this is pro wrestling. I like pro wrestling. I really can't wait to see what Cody is able to do with this Rhodes and Hawaii thing. And we've got still a month and a half or so until WrestleMania to be able to figure that out. It's just so exciting. And that's kind of the brilliance of Elimination Chamber being a week and a half away, whatever it is, is because like that's I don't want to use Sammy as a roadblock metaphor but like once we get past the sammy roadblock we can then just put all of the focus then on and this is kind of what i was always so hesitant towards when people were ultra changing being like well this is how you can do back when it was rock night two cody night one sure. and i was like hey, but there's too much split focus like i think the the storyline will benefit when it's just one sole focus and then when people are like well we put sammy saying that's like no that's that's a distraction like the story here needs to be roman and cody that's the story we need to be going with and we've now got that story, but we've still got the Sami Zayn thing bubbling underneath. But once we get past the Nation Chamber, we can go full on Roman Cody, and I cannot wait to see where they get out of that. Do you know what the segment reminded me of? Heyman Samoa Joe. Mm, when they very were, fun, yeah. Before Great Balls of Fire, exactly. Yeah, when they did the Joe, like the Joe Brock match, and he just had that moment when Samoa Joe just grabs him by the scruff of his neck and pushes him into the corner, and all of it's just happening off mic, which is like I've got a message for you for your you know, for your, your clients. That's what this kind of reminded me of. Paul Heyman's gone out there and has done all of the work, but I don't want to see Cody versus Ro uh, Cody versus Heyman. I want to see Cody versus Roman because of the work that Heyman did. Boy, it's, am it's amazing what you can do with a great manager, isn't I, it? Right? Like, that is a manager's job to AT. And I mean, there haven't been many great managers in WWE over the last, like, decade or so, but Paul Heyman shocker has been the best <laughs> one of them it's it's so fun to me and this is like a very small point i just want to get into here is i love that wrestlemania is a character in this story hmm. because you could very much build up a championship match between cody and roman and have that just be the story and tell the exact same story that they're doing here anawaii family Rhodes family everything that they did in this promo segment here but I love that one of the main points of this was that Roman has been trained and prepped to focus and be able to perform under this spotlight on that stage and make that actually feel like this big thing. I was really not a fan of how they presented WrestleMania last year where it's like WrestleMania is the star and everybody is like, it doesn't matter who you are. You're not going to get on WrestleMania. You got to like scramble to find your way in like the Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens things, that whole deal. I really wasn't a fan of that. Whereas this year, it just feels like this is the Super Bowl of wrestling. Like you go to WrestleMania. He's earned this shot at WrestleMania. And now you have to not just be happy that you're there, but now you have to deal with the mental preparation that actually comes with wrestling on the biggest match of the entire year. It very much reminds me of like a Wrestle Kingdom New Japan type storyline, and I'll slip that in there every chance I get. 
where that was a huge angle, a huge component of the storyline between like Tanahashi and Okada, where they would have a great storyline going on throughout the year. But once it came to Wrestle Kingdom, that was the third character in the story because Okada couldn't beat Tanahashi when the lights were on brightest and he couldn't focus. And I'm not saying that that's what the story is going to be here, but I like seeing the elements of that to just really flesh out and make WrestleMania the stage feel like this well-rounded concept. Particularly because who was the person that got Roman ready for that spotlight was Cody's dad. Yep. And now you've got this story of like, well, did your dad get you ready for that? Because he got me ready for it. And you can make the argument that, no, Dusty didn't get Cody ready for that. He spent all of his time getting somebody else ready for that as well. In Paul Heyman's words, the son he wished he had. There's some really, and it's so tied into Cody's character because Cody is now going for the title he wished his dad had won on a stage that he's not ready for, going up against a guy who's ready for it because of his dad. Ah, that's really nice. That's art. That is that's a really <laughs> nice story. <laughs> fantastic promo. Yeah, this if you're going to watch awesome. anything from Raw, you got to watch this. This is fantastic stuff. I, I said in my edited review, like this was what elevated the show for me because kind of it was a perfectly fine, serviceable episode of Raw. It really felt like the middle of three week builds towards mm -hmm. Elimination Chamber. But this promo segment, I was like, this knocked it out of the park. This like really elevated it for me. And that, as well as the main event reveal that yeah. you get at the end, I was like, oh yeah, okay, this was, this was actually a really good episode of Raw. It just once again goes to show that Raw was missing its central figure the entire <laughs> time Cody was off. Oh, and now it's yeah. back and he makes the world of difference on this show. It doesn't he just... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, well, you've got some thoughts on this, so let's get into them. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get in all of your ultra chats there. We'll read out all of them above the five US dollars. And Luke Thomas kicked things off to say, hey, lads, hope you're well. You could go round and round on Cody or Sammy, but if that promo did not get you incredibly excited for Cody versus Roman, then I'm afraid you don't have human emotions. But yes, I could watch Cedric and Gable wrestle all day. Here, here. Yeah, me too. God damn I'll, get, I'll get into that later, but I loved watching Cedric on this show. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, we are sort of getting the best of both worlds. We're getting the Sammy match. And also, like, it's in Montreal. So that's, yeah. the, that's as I was saying this for weeks and end, that's the place to do it. It's the perfect place to do the, the Sammy match is in Montreal. Oh, his, his Montreal match in, like, September, I want to say, where he was in the five-way match that Sheamus won to face Gunther at Clash at the Castle for the Intercontinental title and everything. That was in Montreal, and he was, like, the biggest babyface star and was allowed to wrestle like a babyface star. Now he is the top babyface of SmackDown, and I swear to God, if they bring back the old music <laughs> on that show, I'll melt. I will melt watching it. Uh, Charles Berg says, Adrenaline in my soul. I made Paul cry in my promo. Too many syllables. Too many syllables there. Close, <laughs> Charles. Close. Uh, Cody has the source. Very few wrestlers have a level of authenticity when they speak. It also makes his character seem super likable. An honest, respectful man who won't back down and knows what uh, knows when to be mean. I, do you know what the other thing actually I didn't mention that Charles kind of reminded me of there is like he makes his character super likable he's an honest respectful man he has this level of authenticity there's a line in there when he effectively talked about I went to AEW yeah but just sort of said like to the crowd but I'm not allowed to talk about that it worked on two levels A it worked because I hey guys but you know this is kind of an off script but like B it then makes it just whole feel real yeah like, this is no longer a wrestling angle this is just two, we're just two people who work for the same company that are talking to each other and, and being very respectful to each other. So that when Paul Heyman turns it into a wrestling angle, it's even more of a, I did not see that coming. It's one of the things where I've often heard this said about somebody like Jerry Jarrett and how he would use to book, where the philosophy was, I'm going to tell you the truth about A, B, and C, so that when we veer off into kayfabe for D, you're willing to buy into it because we've already told you so much of what you know to be the truth. Yeah. I feel like that's what this is. And it was another thing to be like, oh, they're they're shooting with this one. They're, they're, they're telling the truth now. Yeah, I'm not already allowed to talk about that other place, but I will tell you this. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, this, this is real. We're watching a real thing. Oh, what a reveal. 35 Antonio says, you guys laughed and mocked me in Royal Rumble predictions when I said people were fantasy booking themselves into a corner. I hope you're not referring to us because I've been saying for a while this is what was going to, this yeah, was the right. case. 
Um, turning what should be a simple story into a convoluted ass-backwards mess just to have Sammy not even win both but a belt. WWE's doing the smart thing by making things simple and having two major stories going into WrestleMania instead of one. Sammy's story has been built with the tag matches, the payoffs in September, and Cody's title is one about winning the belts is the one about winning the belts. Doing anything else diminishes everyone, including Roman. People claim that they want consistent, long-term stories, but all of this shows is what they actually want is fan service, hotshot booking, despite being convoluted, not being the story being told, and compromising other major stories and wrestlers involved in them. Well, I can't say I agree with all of those I don't, I don't think I agree with all of that. Um, and I don't think anyone... I, I certainly don't think anyone here laughed or mocked. I, maybe you mean the chat in general. Um... But I, I was saying for a while, I think people were trying to like, they were trying to jump through hoops to be like, this is how we can get Sammy. Here's how we can mm -hmm. get Sammy. See if we can get Sammy. I was like, no, we have a very simple thing here. It's Sammy versus Roman at Chamber, and it's Sammy and it's Roman versus Cody at Mania, with Sammy and Kevin going after the tag titles. All of that just makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And it was more a case when it was like, I really did want to see, because I want to see at the end of all this, the belts on Sami Zayn. That if I had my choice, I, that's how I would choose for this storyline to end. And the only way I can see that happening is at this moment in time, having that match be in some way happening at WrestleMania. That's not going to be the case, but obviously this backup or the actual plan, the backup in my mind, is still very intriguing, very compelling, very satisfying. Uh, the bits that get lost for me are when it's uh, they want consistent long-term stories, whereas all this is actually uh, fan service hotshot booking. I, I don't know what any part of this is. Like, everything yeah. that they've done feels like very compelling, long, like, well-thought-out stories. Yeah. And I think pivoting to go with what's hot isn't what hot shot booking is no hot shot booking would be putting the title on Sami Zayn on smackdown at the drop of a hat because he got a big reaction at one of these shows well, particularly but. when like it's it's fan service he ties into it being a long-term story yeah like i think kind of my i think the problem that antonio might have with this ultra chat here is that those are the same thing mm. the same same thing has been consistent long-term storytelling it's not hot shot booking yeah they had a storyline that got hot so they've gone with it and developed it further and have turned it into something that it was not originally intending to be and have gone through a, a very good story to get to that point then that's not a hot shot booking angle yeah. and if they had if they had pivoted to roman sammy at mania I wouldn't have said that was a hot shot decision. If anything, that was actually the, a smart thing to do because that's the that's a story you have been telling and that is a satisfying conclusion to a story that you've been telling over the past five months. Agreed. Six months, eight months yeah. even. So that's far and away from being a hot shot booked angle. Yeah. Either way, I think they could have gotten to the destination that would have been satisfying for the viewers and this is the one that they've chosen to go with and it seems to be working out for them so far. So I'm... I'm all happy and smiles and positivity about it. Uh, unfortunately, Streamlabs has lost a couple of usernames, so please do let our uh, moderators know in the chat today. Uh, after last night, I would love to see this build to Mania uh, be pay, uh, be promo-based with Cody on Raw and Roman on SmackDown, with Paul showing up on Raw as Roman's mouthpiece, with us having actual no face-off until the go-home shows before Mania. So it's like no actual interactions between Cody and Roman until... 
eight, like the night itself will be like the final SmackDown beforehand. It all depends on how compelling these promos can be. Because if, if they want to do it that way, they just have to be good. And they're off to a good start. But there's a few weeks to go before WrestleMania. And it would take a lot of very compelling, well thought out promos in order to keep people's attention doing that without any kind of physicality. But not impossible by any means. Uh, another unknown user here. Apologies for that. Please let the moderators know. Uh, when Paul Heyman said to Cody, you are his favorite son, but Roman is the son he always wanted. I audibly gasped to the point my girlfriend heard and came into the room to check on me. One of my all-time favorite Raw segments. Bold. That is bold. This is uh, not incorrect, though. I mean, that was an awesome segment, and I had a very similar reaction because we watched it in the office this morning. Like, first thing when we got in, yeah. Dave, Laurie, and I just kind of gathered around a, a screen because none of us had seen what happened, but we'd heard it was good. Yeah. So we just watched it, and we got to that point, and everyone just kind of went, ooh. I came in this morning, and Dave Bradshaw said, it was like, have you seen Ron? I said, yeah. And he goes, I heard a, a Paul Heyman, Cody Bradshaw. I was like, it was damn good. Yep. It was really good. And he was like, I'm going to watch it now. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I can't tell you how many promo segments have made me made like an audible reaction involved with Roman Reigns over the last six months or so. And I couldn't tell you like how few had ever done that before that. Like these promos are so good. Cameron Samuel said, hey, again, how about Cody uh, Cody cost Roman the title of the chamber to make it personal? Then the match at Mania is a two out of three falls triple threat between the three. That ties both stories together and you split the titles between both Sammy and Cody. Win-win. LIW4 live. I don't know if that is win-win though, because that again is... That's 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 complicating the stew. Mm -hmm. It feels more wrestling, and we've said very much that we like this uh, this bloodline angle with Sami Zayn to kind of just be very straightforward with the wrestling and the booking side of things. This yeah. feels more like a wrestling angle contrived, convoluted type thing. Yeah, Vandalia in 1998, he said, do you think Cody could interfere at the chamber and cost Roman the title? Like, I, d I don't think that's the way forward. Like, yeah. Particularly because as well, you've just started a story between Cody and Roman. The last thing you want to do now is have Cody cost Roman the title so that Cody's going for belts against a different guy. Yeah. That would be a hot shot decision. Yeah. Like, and I don't think that's the right call to be making. No, I, I don't either. Like, I really did want Sammy in this in this mix at WrestleMania and everything, but the tag title picture is going to be probably what's best for him and the character I, and the story. With Jay there, like I yeah. think it's like that face off when you get them in the ring, Jay and Sammy facing off against you, that I think is going to be an amazing moment. Like yeah. especially if that's the main event of night one, that's great because yeah. that's the way you get both storylines tied up together at WrestleMania. Yeah. I completely agree. I I can't wait to see it. I do kind of like the the WrestleMania 2000 Triple Threat Two Falls idea. Mm. If it's like maybe not for this, but like if they wanted to bring that idea back with someone who's got two sets of titles, I think that's kind of fun. Do you um Dave Meltzer was saying on Observer Radio, the one of the plans they had was when The Rock was still uh, heading towards Mania, is they were just going to introduce a new belt. And that was how you were going to have Cody versus Roman for a belt. And so Cody can win the title, but then you can still have Roman be universal champion going up against the rock on night two. Interesting. Roman will bring back the Brahma bull <laughs> from the warehouse. 
Uh, Edgar Carrasco, who's been a member for 14 months in a row, said the Cody versus Heyman promo got me so invested. Glad I've got my tickets to Mania since November. It's like Christmas all over again. Jam that jam. Sounds like a fun show to be at this year. I'm not going to sure lie. Does. This card's shaping up. Treacherous Tetris Terios said, Is there a world where Sammy beats Roman at the chamber and then Roman politics and bullies his way into the title match at Mania? And will that be a satisfactory world where none of the stories and characters got sidelined? Probably not. I think the the key to all of this is Roman Reigns being undefeated going yep. into WrestleMania. That's for me well. I can't see anything quite being as satisfied as seeing the potential world where Roman loses at WrestleMania. Like, that's where you do it, unfortunately. It. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think a real blip is the fact that Roman has had a loss mm. with the, the Seth Rollins match. Like, surely it was better when he was just this undefeated, unstoppable monster. I mean, also, Xavier Woods. And Xavier Woods. definitely won that match, Xavier regardless Woods of another, what WWE says. Exactly, Xavier Woods is another one. Like, I think those are, like, the two real, like, points where you're like, huh. Kind of, you kind of scrapped that a little bit. You kind of like messed that up a kind of because like it would have been so much better had he gone from like years, yeah, without taking a single loss to this point here where he finally takes the loss. I, I'm still baffled by that Seth Rollins <laughs> finish. Like if they had paid that off later in the year with a rematch between them for some such nonsense. Maybe I would have been with it, but so far I've seen no reason why he <laughs> lost that match. All right, let's get into the rest of this show. It shouldn't take us very long because I mean there actually was some pretty good. I mean there were actually some really good stuff on this, but some things I gotta say. But yeah, though I mean there's there's one segment I had a real issue with. Yeah, but we'll get to that. The show opened with Edge and Beth Phoenix coming out to cut a promo. <laughs> uh, did you see the the bit where they're going to the ring and Edge just pats Beth Phoenix on the butt and yeah. she's like, "Stop!" She looks and goes, "Stop! Stop! Stop it!" <laughs> yeah it's my my problem i had with this segment was more like i've seen edge cut promos on the judgment day for i and i get that feels like all we've seen from edge in the last year is he comes back cuts a promo on the judgment day has a match with the judgment day goes away for a bit makes a return cuts a promo on the judgment day has a match with the judgment day then goes away for a bit I'm real tired of it now. Yeah, I kind of think the original plan of blowing this off in a Hell in a Cell match at the Royal Rumble would have been really fun, and it would have given Edge something like a conclusion to this that he can then look and do something else at WrestleMania. I think that's going to be the conclusion of Mania. Though. I think it will be, yeah. yeah. I don't think they had another clear opposite for Edge to go up against at WrestleMania, like a clear opponent that they can set him up for in that short amount of time. I just don't think he matched up with anybody else on the roster right now. And it's like, it's a bit of a shame just because, yeah, we've kind of seen this. I think this feud has kind of run its course a long time ago, but it'll probably still be a good match at WrestleMania. Particularly because Edge keeps bloody winning. Like, he's lost one of the matches. And even in this promo, he said, I didn't lose that match. So it's like, well, cool. Then why do I want to see you fight these guys then? Because he's got to get revenge for- For what? He keeps winning. They they tried to kill his wife. But they- 
this I'm so over all of this. I I'm, love Edge, and I don't I don't watch Raw typically, so like <laughs> I don't get as tired of these uh, these things as as someone who would watch it all the time would be. Yeah. So I just see this like, yeah, hey, it's my favorite. He's my guy. It's about on the uh, the Fightful post show. Uh, Denise and Sean were saying that they were having a discussion of like, you know, are you more of an Edge or a Christian guy? I am more of a Christian guy than I ever was an Edge guy. Wow. I love Christian. I love Christian dearly with all my heart. He was my guy, but I mean, Edge is my favorite wrestler of all time. Yeah, so Christian was my guy in the team. Christian was guy when they broke the team up. Christian's just a my... TNA guy. <laughs> when, well, he was the one I was super excited when he went to TNA. I was like, cool, because the best one is going to the better company. <laughs> so anyway, they challenged Judgment Day to a match. Uh, Judgment Day then come out. Uh, Dom got some pretty good heat uh, over this. And then Damian Priest stumbled over his line and said, I'm going to qualify for money in the bank. Yeah. And I mean, the Elimination Chamber. Recovering and pretty be like, I hate this guy so much. He's making me, I can't get my words out. These guys were having a bit of a rough <laughs> night. You know, like, I don't think that any of them are, like, particularly great promos by any means. But this was a struggle at points. It was funny, but it, when Edge finally cuts Dom off, I was like, thank God. Thank <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, I mean, Edge also dropped a reference to Jamiroquai, so mm -hmm. this is a thumbs up from me. <laughs> the lack of reaction was virtual insanity, though. Uh, and then just as, and then just basically flat out said, uh, "Dom, you got raped in prison." Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. all right, crikey!" Can't can't say that. <laughs> like, this is a this is a P is this a PG show? I this don't know. It's still a PG show. It's still, it's still, you know, are we talking about dropping the soap in twenty twenty three? That's yeah. still a thing that you could say. Barony so. I, I wouldn't imagine it would have been, but if you're right, you get away with it, I guess. Uh, they went to surround the ring. Street Profits ran down to make the save. And in a spot that I'm amazed was just done as a throwaway thing, I thought they would really build and save to this. Beth Phoenix gave Dominic the Glam Slam. Yeah. Like, surely you build to that moment. Yeah, yeah, that's the moment that happens after the pay-per-view match. Yeah, right? Or yeah. in the pay-per-view match when Dom's constantly interfering, then Beth Phoenix takes him out. Like, just they just did it. Yeah. He's the heat magnet in this group. It's bizarre. Also, I need to correct you uh, slightly in saying that the Street Profits ran down. Montez Ford shimmied down to the ring. My mistake. You're absolutely right. Angelo Dawkins ran down to the ring. Oh, he same. ran. <laughs> Ford Montez like... Ford just did a little... I don't know what his deal is, but he's like just entertainment personified. Everything that he does is entertaining. He's awesome. Love Montez Ford. And that is a very nice thing to lead us into Damian Priest versus Angelo Dawkins, an Elimination Chamber qualifier. Angelo Dawkins is never the focus of Street Profits. Mm -hmm. The focus and the hype is always on Ford because he's like you meant, like he's a huge ball of charisma. He's entertainment personified. He's got the ludicrously high frog splash. Like mm -hmm. it's everything about him. He's like you look at him as like, oh well, he's the star of this group. Not to say that Dawkins is the Marty Jannetty or the edge of this group, but like, you know, D Ford is like, he's your singles guy. He's your future star here. Mm -hmm. Dawkins, every time he's given these opportunities, shows up and he shows out and he's awesome. This match ruled him. I really like this match. This is great. This was so much just fun. Yeah. It felt like a really fresh match too, because that to me is like, I'm still getting out of the haze that was the last era of this show where it was just rematches for yeah. six weeks straight and then you move on to a new match and like, oh, that's, oh, now we've seen it four more times. <laughs> this just felt like something new, something fresh. And even though it, like, it wasn't a, 
an amazing match. It was just fun. It was fun. It was fresh. It was new. Angelo Dawkins, I completely agree. I think, I don't know at what point I just watched some of the things he was doing. It wasn't on this show by any means. It was months or maybe even years ago where I was like, you've really come a long way. Because it was, for a long time, it was him and it was, I think, Wesley Blake were the two guys that had spent the most time at the Performance Center. Yeah. Like, they were down there for ages, like years and years and years and years before they- as well. Yeah, before they ever got a shot on the main roster. And it just, you know, for a bit, felt like maybe Angelo Dawkins would be the tag team partner of this guy who will end up being a star. Now I feel very confidently that Angelo Dawkins is not only his, you know, charisma, his charisma can carry him through all this, but his wrestling is really there. Yeah. I mean, I interviewed Dawkins last year and I was really excited to speak with the Street Profits because I'm a, I'm a huge Montez Ford fan and I, and I really like them as a team. I've been big advocates for them since their NXT days. And I was talking to Dawkins and all of a sudden I was like, oh, you're just as charismatic as Ford. You just show it in a very different way. Mm-hmm. And because Ford is such, he's so extroverted in his yeah. charisma, it makes Dawkins feel like the quiet, silent one of the group. And then I was chatting with him and I was like, oh no, Christ, you are just as charismatic. It's just in a different way. Yeah. He has got, he is a star in the making. He's got star written all over him. It's one of those deals where, again, it's hard to shine when you are sat right next to yeah. someone who's so loud yeah, with their yeah, charisma. Exactly, yeah. But I'm not advocating for these guys to split up anytime soon, but maybe when he is allowed to shine on his own, people will see how bright that star can be. Absolutely. I mean, he didn't get the win here. Damian Priest did, but they really told the story that Priest had to fight for this win because Dawkins got some really good near falls mm-hmm. in this that the crowd totally bought into. Yeah. Good stuff, this. The Maximum Male Models have officially signed to Raw. They're all yours, guys. <laughs> well, it's fine because we've got the Otis storyline now, so I, yeah. that should carry us for at least a month or so. It, it's a perfect use of all those involved. Absolutely. And that will build to a fine third on the card match at Mania Night 2, and it will go five minutes. Or maybe it'll be the opener, and it'll be a product placement match. Uh-huh. You had me there until that last <laughs> bit. <laughs> Uh, and then Chelsea Green walked in and did her Karen act, uh, saying that she should get a chamber qualifier tonight and she could make one call and get Pierce fired. I don't think they're starting a storyline that she's got dirt on Adam Pierce. Because Corey Graves was like, what has she got on Adam Pierce? I think that's the storyline. I think it's just she was doing, I'll call your manager mm-hmm. type thing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the gimmick. She's yeah. a Karen. I, it, I don't want to think too hard about this because I feel like this is a just a dumb wrestling gimmick and everything, you know. But it's got legs, and I like Chelsea Green, and I think this, you know, this could be entertaining for sure. But I'm curious when it's like you you got the payoff later in the show where it's like I demand a match. I'm gonna go and or I'm gonna call your manager, and Pierce is like, all right, you can have a match against Asuka, and she'll eat you. But like, I don't know why he would kind of you know, give in to any of her demands unless she does have some sort of dirt on him. Maybe. You know? Yeah. It's like the customer isn't always right. Kick this Karen out of your store. Uh, we'll get to that when I think they fumbled the execution hugely. Uh, we've got a recap of the Roman Reigns Sami Zayn angle from SmackDown. And then in a match, I'm pretty sure that was designed just to annoy me and Tempest, Baron Corbin took on Dexter Loomis. I cannot describe my disgust for the audience <laughs> When I was sat there and that match graphic came up. When that graphic came up, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. That's the match I've now got to sit through. I mean, mercifully, it was short. But 
Criven, do you want to talk about change the channel? Baron Corbin versus Dexter Loomis. There is, I don't think there is any combination of two wrestlers in WWE that I would want to watch less yeah. than these two. And it was made even worse because the commentary in this match was... Because the, ma- the, the match was nothing. It was a Baron Corbin, Dexter Loomis match. So it was rest hold central and a few clubbing blows and quite dull and boring. But the commentary, poor... Poor Kevin Patrick, who has to act like Dexter Loomis, the hatchet, the hatchet wielding maniac, is the baby face. And he keeps going like, I don't know what he's done wrong. So Corey Graves, the only voice of reason, is like, where do you want me to start? He's like going hatchet ready. He was he kept he broke into the Miz's house while his children and before he was like, his children weren't asleep. His children were in the house and the kid the parents went out. He was alone in that house with the kids. He is not a good person. He's a he's not a babyface here. But Kevin Patrick has to act like he is. So then Corey Graves just says all of these facts. And Kevin has no response to this. Because Dexter Lumis is not a babyface. He's not. <laughs> Someone explain to me why all the logic in this show goes out the goddamn window as soon as Dexter Loomis comes through the curtain. He comes out and Corey's like, this maniac needs to be arrested. And Kevin Patrick's like, oh, I think you're painting him in a bad light. He's like, he wielded a hatchet and put a hole in my desk right where I was sitting. Why does he have a hatchet? And he's like, oh, I think you're being unfair to this guy. (laughs) what's happening right here awful oh my god and lost in all of this once again just this is what johnny gargano's doing in this show (laughs) i didn't even think about gargano's in the chamber and i don't care god johnny gargano is in the elimination chamber going for the u.s side i'm like nah he'll be first out i can't remember a single thing that johnny gargano has done since coming back he get that promo the one where he came <laughs> he back. Came back. Yeah. Since then, he exposed the Miz in some Dexter Loomis nonsense. I don't understand why, of all the things that they could pull from the run of Johnny Gargano in, in Johnny Gargano in NXT, they chose this one. Well, we're waiting for Champa to come back. I hope. I hope. Uh, either that, we are building to uh, the Way versus Sanity, which we'll get to later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love Big Demo. Give Big Demo more work. Uh, Byron Saxon interviewed Becky Lynch, and she teased that she had something up her sleeve for later on this evening. I was curious and not disappointed. Yeah, boy, how did she certainly paid off on that? Brock Lesnar came out for a promo and then said, in so many words, the Royal Rumble sucked. And then caught himself and was like, but I mean, my time in the Royal Rumble sucked. <laughs> Good save, Brock. <laughs> <laughs> Just go out there and bury the pay per view. It's promo segments like this that really make me annoyed at how they presented Brock Lesnar in like 2018 when they tried to get everyone to love Roman Reigns by telling everyone that Brock Lesnar hates you and hates wrestling and everything. Because Brock Lesnar comes out on this show and he's like, thank you very much. I appreciate y'all. Listen, everybody watched the Royal Rumble. And I was like, he's so wholesome. I went hunting. You ever been hunting? That's fun. I slept with my wife. Yeah. I watched this and I was like, I want a Brock Lesnar promo every single week. Because that is what the, the basis of this promo was, is that he can't stop thinking about Bobby who? 
and then like eventually the crowd caught on to go Bobby Lashley and he'd be like Bobby Lashley that's right I was thinking about him when I was hunting I heard him when I was doing this other type of hunting I was thinking about him when I did this other kind of hunting you should try it I mean I prefer this one but this one's also very good I thought about it when I was in bed with my wife five hours later this, this bed is a god very good Bobby Lashley comes out and I'm like boo get out of this segment get out of here I want Brock's kind of promo I just want to watch see this is some. This is something I reserve for very few people, but I feel confidently that it applies to Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is a perfect wrestler. <laughs> Nobody could be a better Brock Lesnar than Brock Lesnar, and this is the Brock Lesnar that we should have had so long ago in WWE. I'm not saying that his run as the Conqueror and everything was not very good and a great way to present him, but man. This, like, era that we've had where the only thing Brock Lesnar could be was the champion and the person that you face if you win the Royal Rumble and there's nothing else to him is so lame. When you look at this charismatic cowboy just going out there and being jovial and goofy but also being the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, it's... Wonderful awesome. as well because like I remember the time when Brock couldn't cut a promo. Yeah. Because they just gave him lots of scripted things to say and he just he couldn't do it. It's the contract signing with John Cena where he goes out and cuts a 20-minute promo on John Laurinaitis and it's awful. This feeling that you're feeling, it's a real feeling. <laughs> just let Brock <laughs> Lesnar be Brock Lesnar. It's his recipe for success. I love this man. Anyway, he has a contract to face Bobby Lashley at Elimination Chamber. I really thought this was our Mania program, but nope. Maybe we are going to get Lesnar Gunther. Maybe. Maybe we're getting Lesnar Gunther Mania, and I hope we are, because we did get that tease in the Rumble. Yeah, guys got his tickets for WrestleMania. That's a good one to be there for. Oh, I would, I'm so stoked for that one. A Triple H booked Gunther Lesnar match. <sighs> yes, please. I'll take it five times over. Bubbles comes out and was like, why should I accept the match with you? I've already beaten you, and I embarrassed you at the Rumble. This is beneath me. So Brock just graduated, gave him an F5. And again, Brock Lesnar, a perfect pro wrestler. He gets ready to leave. The people are chanting one more time, and he goes, all, all right. right. <laughs> Does it, gets a bigger pop. And this was a really hot crowd. Orlando was a really good crowd for this Raw. That, to me, was just like, what a pro. Yeah. An absolute pro. Backstage, Gargano uh, was hyping up Candice LeRae ahead of her match, and Dexter Loomis walked up with a picture he drew of all of them. They have to pretend that's a cool thing. And it turns out he'd also drawn that Nikki Cross was watching them. And then Nikki Cross was watching them. No reason for that. She's just nuts again. Well, no, I mean, they like they have they told that story over a few weeks where she like, dropped the, the, um, the superhero stuff and she became proper Nikki Cross again. Um... But she hasn't really done much of anything since then. She's sort of accidentally in the chamber match because she was in the Rumble late. Mm -hmm. And it really does feel like we're just waiting for Sanity to come back. When When is that going to happen? I don't know, but I feel like we're just killing time until it does. We're either killing time until it happens or none of them go back and they have to do something else. Mm -hmm. That is all we are waiting for at the moment. Neither of these seem like great options. Uh, I'm a Sanity fan, so... No, I'm not saying they can go back and be part of all of this, but like, if they do that, is that going to be like the Raw After Mania return? And if so, that's a few... That's a while away. Find my, something for Nikki to do in the meantime. I mean, my problem I more have is that... And this is very indicative of the Triple H era. So maybe I'm wrong on this one, but this is my judgment I have had on the Triple H era since he took over in the summer. 
he has got the first storyline when someone comes back, but then has no plans afterwards. Yeah, that's about right. Because he had like, it's like, brilliant. I'm going to do uh, Bullet Club versus the Judgment Day. That's my big thing. Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre. Yeah. And then those ended as like, ah, oh, now what do I do? Yeah. And I know AJ's injured, but Gallows and Anderson weren't brought to the Rumble either because like, I mean, I haven't got AJ. I have no idea what to do with you two. I have no idea what to do with Gallows and Anderson. You guys want to go back to New Japan? It's probably okay. <laughs> Very fine. I've got I've got nothing for you currently. Yeah. Um, this did lead to a fatal four-way to qualify for the Elimination Chamber, the Women's Elimination Chamber. Candice LeRae versus Mia Yim versus Piper Niven versus Carmella. There was a moment in this match. There's kind of three storylines in this match. And one of which I was really perplexed about until I suddenly remembered, oh yeah, no, they are a thing. Candice LeRae did a move and got a pin and then Miriam broke it up. Candice mm-hmm. looked at her really annoyed. Why'd you do that? And I'm like, why are you? It's a wrestling match. Of course she's going to break that up. And it was only until like two seconds of that I was like, oh, that's right. You're a tag team at the moment. And you're going to give me an after. Yeah, sorry. My, my bad. My apologies. I forgot you were a tag team for a bit. <laughs> Even still, I always hate that spot. Because it's like, surely you've talked about this in the back beforehand. <laughs> Again, because it's Corey Graves, the heel commentator who's supposed to be wrong. is like, it's a wrestling match. Of course this happens. Yeah. Don't make me agree with Corey Graves. That's not nice. The second storyline within this match was that Piper Niven was awesome. Yep. Oh, she's so great. Would have been great if she won. Well, I mean, I feel like I said this in my three-count prediction video, Tempest, but I thought that's where we were heading. I thought that's the whole reason we put her in this match. But she didn't because the third storyline in this match is that Carmella had her first Raw match in seven months. And the second they kept saying that over and over again, I was like, oh, she's winning this, isn't she? Because the story that Carmella had in this match was she didn't do anything but was stealing everybody else's pins. And she won because Piper Niven gave Candice LeRae the uh, the cannonball in the corner and then Carmella pinned Candice. Yeah. It's a choice. It is a choice. I there are people out there that like Carmella. I'm one of them. I don't mind Carmella. I I actually know I'm, I'm going to table that. I'll I'll put that over here. I'll let you finish your point because I I do need to correct myself. Mm-hmm. I will say that I'm not particularly one of them. I think she's totally serviceable and functional as part of the WWE Women's Division. But I think if you're going into an elimination chamber match, which is a more complicated match than some probably want all of your best workers in there and uh i think i would have preferred anyone else in this match piper niven i really would have preferred her in this match yeah and maybe they don't want to put piper niven in the match if she's not gonna win but we could just make her win but like maybe you don't want to pin her after this re-debut type thing and she'd have to get pinned or submitted or something in the chamber Oh, man, I don't. Uh, I didn't get this decision. I didn't get the one on SmackDown either. Ooh, I well, really, I get that one. It's Canada. They're getting Sami Zayn. They'll they're, be satisfied. Yeah. I don't know. For me, and we talked about this in the office beforehand. We were talking about Elimination Chamber matches. I like the Elimination Chamber most when it feels like there are at least like four real contenders to win. I do not feel that way about this Elimination Chamber match. And no. I think if they had changed, like, the Natalia one to maybe, like, someone like Shayna, this one to, like, I don't know, Piper Niven or Candice, maybe. I don't think Candice would have win, but uh, at the very least, she'd be a, a great worker to help carry the, the load in that match. I 
don't really see a lot of these women having much of a shot. Now, this comes down to two. It's either Raquel or Asuka. I don't know which one I'm cheering for. Yeah. I mean, I, I really thought they would go with Raquel just because it's, you know, all oh, the super duper strong people going up against a duper do. Uh, and particularly because Rhea looks like she's probably going to go over to SmackDown once she beats Charlotte and wins the belt. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe we'll have someone come over. Uh, but I think it's probably going to be Asuka. Hope so. I think Asuka makes the most sense at the end of the day. Yeah. I, I honestly, like, if I'm putting together a, a card for WrestleMania, Bianca Belair versus Asuka is a match that I think people will want to see the most. Particularly this new Asuka. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess here's my thing with Carmella. If the story of Carmella in this match was she sucks, she's no good, but she's opportunistic and she steals other people's pins. It's fine as long as we're consistent with that. And they sort of weren't in this match because at one point, Kevin Patrick was like, she's a former SmackDown Women's Champion, she's a former Money in the Bank. It's like, well, does she suck or not? Like, you can't, can't have it both ways. Mm -hmm. So the problem when she was champion, they kept telling us, no, she sucks. She's an undeserving champion. Then she'd go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Asuka and beat her. Yep. She'd go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Charlotte and beat her. And I'm like, well, what is it then? Is she, is she good or is she not? I'm hoping this version of Carmella, we have a consistent tone here. I think that's very hopeful. Maybe. I, I don't think it's asking a lot. I, I agree. <laughs> I completely agree. But, nah, I... I... I don't want to keep talking about Carmella and being negative about it, but I think Carmella has largely been where she's been for a long, long time, and like the the loose packaging around the character might be changing from time to time, but for the most part, I still kind of know what I'm going to get yeah. from Carmella. It's not amazing. I prefer to see some amazing stuff when you have access to amazing wrestlers on this show. Why isn't EO in the chamber? Like yeah, her tag yeah. partner's hurt for a few weeks. Just put EO in the chamber, have a great showing, have Candice in the chamber. They can start. They like doing that where the mm. two old rivals are the two that start a chamber match. Just something like that. I think it would make the chamber so much more exciting. Do you know who Carmella is? She's Natalia with charisma. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Avatar <laughs> uh, is probably a better wrestler than Carmella. Yeah, yeah probably, yeah. yeah. Uh, backstage, JBL has decided he's had enough of Baron Corbin. Said you and me both, John. He's a channel-changing guy, and he's losing credibility being associated with him. Uh, he doesn't want to be near Corbin anymore because you can't polish a turd. Fire him at this point. <laughs> they got to be doing something with Baron yeah. Corbin. You have to think, because like, I was watching this, this guy, and I was like, this guy was Mr. Money in the Bank. I was going to be WWE champion. And since then, it's just been like a real slow fall all the way down to where he is now. And honestly, I'm more fine with this than I am with him beating people and being in involved in the world title programs right after they win it and killing babyface's dead. But I'm like, what is the point of this character? No idea. Because <laughs> that's like, I I thought for a while that I was like, I was going mad and I was misreading it or something. But I was like, I'm pretty sure the story here is that Baron Corbin sucks and JBL's made a mistake. Because they had the same one on Raw 30 when like JBL walks up and Farouk's really excited to see him, but he has no idea who Baron Corbin is. Mm -hmm. And the Godfather's then he has no idea who Baron Corbin is. I'm like, why why are we presenting Corbin like he's this loser that no one knows? And apparently that's because that's the story they were telling. Baron Corbin sucks. Yeah. All right. 
I don't know what I'm going with it. I don't know where we're heading with that, but I don't think I care particularly much either. Nope. Uh, Piper never tried to attack Candace backstage, but me and Yim broke it up. That's when I remembered they were a tag team. Alpha Academy took on the Hurt Business. A proper Hurt Business. MVP yeah. in their corner. Gotta say, Cedric Alexander was wrestling with some renewed vigor in this match. Wasn't he just? Like, he went down to that ring being like, finally, a storyline. <laughs> <laughs> I've not one of these for three years. Oh, my God. This isn't main event. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to do some stuff here. He's going to do some stuff. He's going to look excited. He's going to be all the way into it. He knows that he's about to win this match, and he's going to get the pin and look good. He's wrestling someone like Chad Gable, who's going to be able to sell for him and just make all of his offense look good. It was really exciting. Hopefully a very promising thing for the Hurt Business. And Cedric and Gable. Oh, delicious it was. Yeah. It was great. It's the kind of match where it's like if those two had a match in Reseda for PWG, mm. it would like tear the house down. Yeah. You know? Just like one of those matches where if given 20 minutes in front of a crowd that really wanted to see it, they would absolutely go nuts and just have the ability to. And we're getting like a short version of that on Raw. But it's it's really fun. Like you could just see the talent between these two absolute yeah. pros. Her business went to the baby faces in this match as well and got the win with the lung blower. No MVP interference. It was just more of an MVP's uh, presence there was a motivating factor for Shelton and Cedric. Mm -hmm. Thought it was cool. I'm kind of, I'll be very excited when the Bobby Lashley Lesnar stuff's done so Lashley can go and join them too. Yeah. Also, I don't think they pointed out that Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin used to be a tag team. That's right. They did. Yeah. They were um, American it's, Alpha 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a little fun thing. I had to check because I was like, did they ever win the tag titles? And they didn't. How did they not? No. They wrestled for it a few times, but I couldn't remember if they won it. Just goes to show, even I would do badly on the tag team edition <laughs> of Survival Series. No one would do well on that no. one. We were joking in the office earlier. There was a lot of comments on the last Survival Series video saying, like, man, instead of doing WrestleMania main events, you should do WrestleMania opening matches. I did a test fit, and I couldn't get past the first answer. Neither could I. I could not remember what the opening match of night two of WrestleMania last year was. Nope. And a blues clue. Not, and I still, having heard the answer, I was like, I, nope. Didn't even remember it happened because Andy then went on Wikipedia and said, this is what it was. And I was like, I do not remember that match happening whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And I would have struggled with night one as well. I would have gotten that one, but night two had completely left my brain. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, Both of which were for the tag titles. <laughs> <laughs> you point. get the sense that this was a bit of a blind spot for the office. Uh, and as a correction, I mean, uh, the lumbar check, not the lumbar. Yes, the lung blower is uh, Taiji Ishimori's finisher. That's my apologies. Um, we got Kathy Kelly trying to interview The Miz, uh, who has some complaints to give to Adam Pearce after what happened last week. Uh, but Boogs was in the office first. So Miz was like, Boogs. And then he made fun of Adam Pearce while Adam Pearce walked behind. He's like, he's behind me, isn't he? And Pearce set up a rematch for next week between Miz and Rick Boogs. I want to find Rick Boog's time machine because he is an 80s wrestler that has just stepped into 2023. Yeah. He's like cutting really bizarre, like Ultimate Warrior-esque promos. And it's like, uh, okay. I've written here, Rick then does dot, dot, dot Rick stuff. Yeah. It's the only way I can describe it. Right, here's the next segment. Uh, go off on one, Luke. Oh, man. I like this show. And it kills me that I have to still do this. Because I really like this episode of Raw. The Cody promo was awesome and the main event was rad. I can't wait to talk about the main event. But I do have to talk about this segment. 
Chelsea Green had a match with Asuka. This is this writes itself. Yep. Your annoying Karen character, who lasted five seconds in the Royal Rumble, demanded an Elimination Chamber qualifying match, and she was going to get Adam Pearce fired if she didn't get one. Or she was going to call his manager if she didn't get one. I think this was just a regular match, not a qualifier. But Asuka Asuka's in the chamber. Oh, if she beat Asuka, did she get into the chamber? I thought it was just a match. Oh, is it just a match? I think so. Okay. But they didn't make that very clear. Because Chelsea Green was asking for a match. She did want one. She yeah. was upset about not getting one. But regardless, go on. Right, okay. Well, that's that's, an, that's another negative against this segment. Then. <laughs> <laughs> but this writes itself, right? The annoying Karen, who got eliminated in five seconds at the Rumble, then has to face off against super-duper uber-killer Asuka. That's not what happened, though. Because Chelsea Green won for a bit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, Raquel Gonzalez and Liv Morgan glitched into existence. Yep. Corey Graves and, and Kevin Patrick could not figure out where they came from. They were like, where do they come from? I had the exact same question. I was like, what are they doing here? Yeah. All of a sudden, just like Natalia was just like within just a camera there. shot. I was like, what, what, what happened It was here? like you were playing a, an old WWE game where the run animation from the back didn't happen. <laughs> like the camera would have gone up to do it, but the run animation didn't happen and they just appeared there. Yep. And they just were there. And then yeah, Natalia just appeared. Then Nikki Cross just appeared. Carmella just came out from the back. Chelsea Green was still winning and Asuka was selling for her. Then Asuka won because Chelsea Green distracted herself with all of the women on the outside. The f*** were you thinking with this segment? And despite all the good that Triple H has done with his creative, and he's done nothing but good with his creative, WWE will always be WWE, and they cannot stage things. Nope. This was an awful, awful segment that was just bad from start to end, and it looked like sh**. And then Bianca Belair came out to cut a promo on all of them, and they all stood there like morons. This was awful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was bad. This was a bad segment. It was a bad segment. I had the exact same thought where it's like, oh, okay, so Asuka comes out and beats her in like 10 seconds, you know? Easy, simple, quick match, gets Asuka over as a killer, gets uh, called a Karen Green, <laughs> called a Chelsea Green over as this character that would have worked so well. Yeah, would demand the world, but not be able to, to pull it off in the ring and something like that. And you can obviously get away from that idea of not being able to win a match and any and anything over time but like yeah it did kind of feel like this was a an easy softball match and not only was the match poorly booked like i can't imagine someone writing this down and being like yep that's the way that we want to go I like mean, right and as a director you stand here then yeah. you stand here where did i come from doesn't matter you stand here and you why am i here doesn't matter you stand there and stand there don't move from your mark yep because we're not you're not a human being. You're a wax statue. Why I thought for a second that like the SmackDown people were there to jump Asuka, you know, yeah. you know, just like as a raw SmackDown, because they were setting up a six-woman tag to do the Raw versus SmackDown That's thing right, next yeah. week. And I was like, okay, maybe we're just gonna have, you know, Natalia and Raquel and Liv Morgan attack Asuka after the match, and that'll be how you set that up. That that's fine enough but no it's just all these people just decided to go to raw to stand at ringside for one episode for one segment like logically who paid for that 
They pay to fly themselves into this city just to be like, just wanted to watch this match just up close. This two minute match. I just wanted to watch it up and close. Thankfully, Bianca Belair came out to cut a promo to make some of this tie all together. This, this was bad. Was, this was bad. I, I suddenly realized why I thought this was a qualifying match. Because I'd forgotten Natalia had already qualified for it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's easy she, to forget. And she was in this segment, and yep. I'd forgotten that she'd qualified for it. Because I was like, yeah, no, you're right. They're doing a six on six. But who's the sixth person? Oh, yeah, it's Natalia, because Natalia did qualify for this. I was this wondering match. what you were looking up there. Yeah, I was like, who are the, who's the other person in this match? So, yeah, oh, it was bad. This gets a thumbs down. Thumbs down from me. But then we got the Rhodes promo, which is a big thumbs up, but it was awesome. Um, I suppose a thumbs in the middle, I guess. Montez Ford beat Elias. Again, this was ruined by commentary because Austin Theory was there, so it was just Austin Theory and Corey Graves shouting at Kevin Patrick and Kevin Patrick not saying anything back. So it was actually, and like, I don't think Austin Theory's good enough to be in this no. position. So wrestlers on commentary is a very specific talent that not a lot of people have. Even people who are good talkers can't necessarily do that well. And I was watching this, and I really thought to myself, like, the commentary in WWE just lacks 100% of the charm that, like, Taz and Excalibur and Tony Schiavone have in AEW, where Taz can make fun of the other commentators, and it's fun it's wholesome it's like everybody has a laugh about it it's, it's like, cute excalibur will make fun back yeah everybody there like has the confidence to be able to do that and i don't think kevin patrick has that gravitas on commentary to like stand his ground and shoot back at them absolutely yeah and like but everyone feels like they've got like standing everyone feels yeah. like they've got prestige behind them because it's taz and it's tony shivani and excalibur's yeah. like the young pup of the group but he feels like he's on the same level as them because he's next to them yeah kevin patrick is not being elevated by Corey graves no 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 yeah, it was it was a bummer. It was a big bummer in this match. And man, I watched this and I was like, oh, I knew that Montez Ford was likely going to win this match. Because it's Elias. Because it's Elias. But like, Elias doesn't even do his goddamn song anymore. He's just a dude. He's just a guy. He's just waiting for Matt Riddle to come back. So, that, so, that, so they can do the lesser version of Rated RKO, which is what they were doing while Randy was away. I don't... I... Uh, yeah he's, he's third in the pecking order of a storyline he was never a part of it's wild yeah Bo boring it like but then, you know monsters ford won they if, like i was as a positive to this commentary were doing something to try and set up montez ford as a challenger within the chain like it mm -hmm. really felt like because in theory stood on the uh, the desk at the end and held the belt up, i was like all right i think ford's gonna get a good showing in the chamber yeah, he could, he could possibly even be final two. He, he might like jump off a pod yep. and do something crazy. Like he'll be the highlight of the match. Absolutely. Yeah. And this match, at least in some way, set some of that up. And then Rollins attack theory, and I'm done with that as well. Yeah. Just one last thing on the um the, the Chelsea Green thing. <laughs> Chelsea Green would have got so much more out of this match if she'd lost in three seconds. Yeah. Who does that have established the character? Yeah. Who does this benefit? <laughs> no one. Because Asuka got beaten up by her. I don't know what they have against giving Asuka <laughs> just like a really dominant killer performance. Because it's a completely different time and a completely different management and everything. But like it reminded me of when she had to make her debut on pay-per-view against Emma. And Emma just beat her up for like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's not why their match in NXT was really good. <laughs> 
they announced the Raw versus SmackDown match. Uh, so it's Asuka at... Okay, let me see if I can do this for a minute. So it's Asuka... Um, hold on. It's Asuka, Carmella, and Nikki Cross yep. versus Raquel, Liv, and Natty. Well done. I got there in the end. Um, and Kev- the only reason I'm bringing this up is because Kevin Patrick said, and this is a direct quote, let's be having you. Which is a one, it's a, a very British thing to say, which is funny because he's Irish. But it just made me think of Delia Smith. That is a reference that at least 10 people will get in the chat. So I'm, <laughs> and I'm, shout out to those 10 people. Uh, and our main event was the steel cage match we didn't get 10, uh, two weeks ago between Becky Lynch and Bailey, And they beat the crap out of each other, but safely. Yeah. Here's my thing. Uh-huh. I, I enjoyed this, but I think, because I, I, I'm going to, I'm in a good mood this week. I'm in a week. good mood. I'm in a good mood. We've moved office. It's an exciting time. Yeah, we're in a brand new space. Brand new space and everything. I think WWE's cage matches just kind of suck. Yeah. You know, like, it just is one thing when they're doing this match, and I've listened to Becky Lynch talk about how she wants to lock Bailey in a cage and beat her ass and everything, and then, like, five minutes in the match, Becky Lynch is trying to escape. Yeah. It's like, this is just so stupid. If Triple H wanted to get over with me specifically, he would have fixed the steel cage step. <laughs> he would have got rid of the escape the cage rule. He would have got rid of the escape the cage rule. Because otherwise, like, the work in this match was really, really good. Because these are, I think, two of the best women's wrestlers in WWE. Certainly two of the biggest stars they have in the women's division. And it felt like a big deal main event for a storyline that had been going on for a while. It was really good stuff. But it just distracted me every time they would go to try and escape the cage. Because they'd be fighting, they'd wrestle, they'd hit a move, they'd go for a pin, they'd do something else. It's like, and now I think I'll just try to escape. It also doesn't work from a storyline perspective, because Becky Lynch's whole the reason why she wanted to be a cage match was to keep damage control from getting in. So your whole way to get it back at Bailey was to run away from her? Yeah. It doesn't. It has never worked. It never makes sense this way. And it also pisses me off when I hear commentators say it's to keep the people in the ring and the outside people outside the ring. And I'm like, you want to bet? Because Io Shirai comes out and she starts climbing the cage. Yeah. Um, they got Bailey Belly off the top rope, which was a cool little spot. Uh, and then they brawled at the top of the cage. And then Bailey got down, and Io climbed up, and she attacked Becky Lynch. So Becky Lynch was also at the top of the cage. And then all of a sudden, Lita's music hits. Yeah! And I'm there going like, is that Lita's music? And then, sure enough, Lita runs down from the back and attacks damage control, and stops, and then it's like slams Bailey's head into the cage door. Becky hits the manhandle slam and wins. I'm like... Cool! Cool! <laughs> the Lita was here! That's rad! Yeah! Yeah, I'm I was I was sitting there going like, who could they have to like back up Becky Lynch? And the same thing, she's like, I've got something up my sleeve. I'm like, who could that be? And it was it was Lita, and I, I looked around the office like, cool! <laughs> Alright! That's neat! It is neat! I was, wasn't expecting it. No. It sort of makes sense, because they had a match last year. That's what I thought. Like, at times, it's Bailey's favorite wrestler ever, so it's like, there's it so much shared history between the three of them. Nice little thing. I thought it was a really cool moment. You can clearly tell it was an angle book for Raw 30 when yep. all the legends were around. Man, all, all those uh, things of people wishing that there were legends on that Raw show that were, that were women. 
it kind of feels like they were supposed to be, <laughs> yeah. and it just didn't work out. Not that they were they were wrong in that uh, that anger, but no, no, no. You can kind of clearly see where this all kind of broke down. But I haven't said that because they just did it on a random episode of Raw. When a legend ran down, you're like, oh, okay, cool, leaders here, fun. I've seen a few people like fantasy booking now a six woman tag of doing Lita, Trish, and Becky versus Damage Control. That's fun. I that would be a that'd you be know really what. Fun. They set up Trish coming back at the Raw show in Toronto against Damage Control and haven't followed up on that. That could be something. Spend it's when you do it, I guess, because it ain't going to be at Mania because I think it's going to be Ronnie and Shane again for the tag titles. Yeah. Un- unless you just get the belts off them before that. I mean, who cares? <laughs> Stupid belts that mean nothing. The belts mean nothing. Maybe a Leo will come back and they'll win those belts back. <laughs> Have Ronda Rousey kill Aaliyah in like 10 seconds at WrestleMania. Make that a moment. There is know. there is nothing that sums up Aaliyah more than the fact that she's openly admitting creative has nothing for me. Like she's cleared to wrestle again. It's like, now I've got nothing. Yeah, of course, because you're Aaliyah. Yeah. They had nothing for you in NXT and they've had nothing from the main roster. And you were in NXT for like 10 years. Yeah. They had nothing for you then. They've got nothing for you on the main roster. And you're a former tag champ, apparently. She is now weird but anyway i thoroughly enjoyed this episode of raw mm-hmm. it was like that one segment i i thought was baffling it's not like i hated it it was baffling there, there were a and few it made bits. everyone look like a moron yeah there were a few bits of this that i thought were were poorly done i at least dexter and corbin was short yep i wouldn't have had carmelo win that match and that chelsea green match was a a, a bit of bizarre staging and booking but otherwise, there was enough on this show that I really enjoyed. I, I'll always pop to see an Edge promo. I think Brock Lesnar's promo was awesome. The the Dawkins and uh, Priest match was really fun. The main event was really fun. The Cody promo was awesome. awesome. It was the best thing on the show. Uh-huh. There's a lot to like on this episode sure of Raw. And for a three-hour show, they, they crammed a lot of good stuff into this mixed in with some some nonsense, but... A good show, nonetheless. It, it, maybe it took him a couple of weeks, which is understandable, or a couple of months, but Triple H really has got a hang of this three-hour Raw. Yeah. He, I think he really has got a hang of it. Would it be better as a two-hour show? Absolutely. Yep. But he is doing the he's doing the best three-hour version of Raw that we've ever had. Well, eh, yeah, probably. I can't really argue with it. Hot damn, did they miss Cody Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true enough. Um, so, uh, the poll is currently live in the chat. I didn't even need to ask, uh, the mod mother to do this. She just did it. Because she rules. She does rule. Absolutely. Best at what she does. She is the best at what she does. So, yeah, so, uh, get in, uh, get involved with the poll. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Let us know what you thought of this episode of Raw. While we shout out some very special people, our Hall of Fame backers over at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Tomorrow will be WrestleTalk behind the scenes. Indeed. Which a is, fun little chat we had. Yeah, which ha- was uh, had a myriad of technical issues. <laughs> you want some real behind the scenes chat, you'll get it in that one. Subscribe. Is worth the Patreon fee just for that. Yep, there's some technical issues, but we got there in the end. So yeah, that's going up tomorrow. And then the week after that will be Rustalk After Dark, which I believe is you, Pete, Adam, and Rosie. 
Um, that's the lineup that's on um, the the sheet. Sounds fun to me. Yeah, I believe that's what it is. I don't know whether it is though. Yeah, anyway, maybe I'll show up. Who knows? Uh, and then the week after that will be Wrestle Talk Extra. Oh, I haven't checked the poll actually. So we Wrestle love polls. Wrestle Talk Extra is uh, a classic pay per view re- uh, review show that Ollie and I do over at Patreon.com. I do know that winning the poll at one point was um, No Way Out 2000. It's still winning. In fact, it's ended. No Way Out 2001 with 34%. Oh, Elimination Chamber 2010 just missed out with 29% of the poll. What an interesting choice. The Chamber matches on that show are pretty good. Shawn Michaels costs uh, Undertaker the belt where Undertaker gets set on fire during his entrance. I really thought, I even said this on the uh, uh, a previous episode, I thought No Way Out 2002 was going to do way better than that because it was the NWO, the lethal dose of poison. Mm-hmm. Vince coming back and doing his own lethal dose of poison. Was gonna, but no, Russell, uh, No Way Out 2000. I love that show. It's got a really emotional ending to it. So. Yeah. Uh, you know what else it could have been? Even though I'm glad it's not because it's not a good pay-per-view. No Way Out 2003 in Montreal. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, here you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're one of our $25 and above pledge hammers, you get your name read out on these episodes like these fine people. The $100 man, C.D. Horver. Yeah. The Kessel Run, DX Solo. Yeah. Double L, Liam Leonard. Baby. Yeah. Mad Mac, the Meat Father. Yeah. Have an Argy Bargy, Margie Pargy. Yeah. Ryan Disco Stewart. Yeah. Thomas, the prize hooker, Solizano. Yeah. Where there's a will, there's a Will Campbell. Yeah. He ran Aaron Hanoran. Yeah. The roller coaster, Robert Acosta. Yeah. Chris, the Cypriot sensation Patrou. Yeah. And the venerable Jesse Venable. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Thank you all so much for your wonderful donations and your wonderful support over at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Right, let's get into the rest of your Ultra Chats. Please do uh, join the conversation. Ding, ding, ding. This is your last call for them at restore.com forward slash support. Cameron Samuels here says, Hey guys, it's my first chat. Love the channel. Just two things to say. One, Orlando got the cage match. I paid to see it Raw 30. And two, Becky's promo made it seem like she was always the man. But to quote Adam's list a while ago, when she debuted fiddly diddly diddly d. Yeah, we just kind of forget about that era of Becky Lynch, and we're all better off for it. Yeah, don't we just. <laughs> uh, Andrew the Airbender said, since we had Lee last night, does that mean we're getting Trish popping up in Canada? Could lead to a six-woman tag or damage control versus the besties best for business for the belts. Oh, if they wanted to just do damage control against Lita and Trish for the women's tag titles. I'm also that's, into that. That's a cool WrestleMania match. Yep. That's neat. I'm into that more than I am. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler going for the belts. Yeah. That's a waste of my Shayna Baszler. Um, ben Vlerick here. Now, Ben, we always appreciate everyone who sends in uh, Ultra Chats, but this one legit made me shudder. <laughs> we did. I, I literally heard Luke before the show just go, oh. Because <laughs> it's just it's it's five words to start this off. Corbin could join Judgment Day. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I like that group. No, no, that group is good. Don't put Baron Corbin in it. No, I like that group. Um, anyway, Ben continues. Wouldn't have to be. Con- uh, wouldn't have to constantly wrestle and be involved with top stars. So no go away heat. And I think Corbin is good comedically. I'd be. Uh, so- it'd be something for him to do, and I could see him fitting into that group. Could be a fresh restart. 
I don't need another restart for Baron Corbin. <gasps> I'll be honest. I've seen him be a king. I've seen him be a loser. I've seen him be a rich guy with a stupid shirt. And I've a seen hat. Just, and a hat. I've seen him be just a, a bum now, a lo- another loser. I've seen him be regular Baron Corbin with hair. I've seen him be a constable. I've not enjoyed his work any time that he's done it. Maybe if you want to make him a lone wolf like he was in NXT, but that was also... A long time ago. It was a long I time ago. I think this ship has sailed. Uh, yeah, but Triple H remembers. He really is keen on that era of NXT. It was the better era. It That's, was. So he probably is going to be going like Lone Wolf Baron Corbin. That'll get him over Let's again. Let's put him in a feud with Bull Dempsey. <laughs> Justin Edelheat here says, Who else wants to see a video of JBL trying to polish a turd? I mean... I saw, yeah. I saw his WWE Championship run. Well done. <laughs> Rob Steedley has been a member for eight months in a row said Bobby wins matches Brock F5's Bobby on Raw every time he sees him what exactly is the point of all of this also do you think that Cody will be at Elimination Chamber I could see him do a promo yeah just do a promo for the live audience you know just something maybe uh yeah I wouldn't yeah you don't want to do anything after the Sammy match no because that that's the wrong kind of heat, brother. Yeah. Charles Burke said, I don't understand why Dexter is a babyface. Off topic, here are some nice things babyfaces have done. Vehicular assault, kidnapping, hold a perceived loaded gun to a man's head, property damage, sexual assault, murder. Face Dexter makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. Babyface, I, the worst, I think there is either a list that we've done or one that I've got being worked on that is like the worst baby, the worst heel acts committed by babyfaces. There's a lot. There's a lot. I loved that time that Roderick Strong got kidnapped <laughs> by Dexter Loomis in NXT. <sighs> what a baby face. Rusty here said, my idea for Elimination Chamber. Making an I Quit match, a callback to Roman and Jay at Hell in the Cell. Kevin Owens and Solo brawl to the back. Roman beats down Sammy and destroys him through the announce desk, but he won't quit. Jay shows up and gets in Roman's face and begs him to stop. Jay slaps Roman. He's conflicted in the ring. He turns around into a spear. Roman and Heyman handcuff Jay to the ropes, a la KO. Roman is about to nail Jay with a chair. From when the wreckage, Sammy bloods out. Roman, stop. I quit. Leave him alone. Roman frees Jay and holds him. You're forgiven, Oos, but now it's time for your final test this is when jay turns on sammy and beats him down this shifts the focus to sammy and ko versus the usos while keeping sammy still super sympathetic for a potential rematch yes or no i don't think i would attach a stipulation to this match but if you're going to i don't hate it i think that's i think that's a pretty pretty solid booking like i could see that all happen and unfold that way here's my only thing we literally just did that finish and the last I quit match. That is also the thing. That's my. I would I, like to see thing. I quit matches end with something other than just the baby face being threatened with their loved ones being killed. That's what I mean. Yeah, like we literally just did the exact same thing at the last one. So I, if you're going to do it, you want to do that finish in like 10, 15, 20 I quit matches time. Yeah. So that it's not just a repeat offender, like yeah. a repeat um, stipulation ender. Yeah, I mean, if, but yeah, you're right. Like, if you want to do Sammy as the super sympathetic baby face, I quit the, the step to do it in. Yeah. Chris here says, Hi, guys. First, can I apologize for last week's Rumble and Raw post shows? I was very frustrated with Alexa's booking on a show where she was meant to look strong even in defeat, but instead looked weaker with Bianca squashing her, and then no follow up for two weeks. I'm sorry I called you fake fans. I know you like Alexa, just not the current gimmick. I just want Alexa to be treated like the uh, horsewomen or Asuka. Um, 
her peers. Yes, she was champion for two years on and off, but that was five years ago and the others have won championships. I just have this feeling that her last year in wrestling, uh, that this is her last year in wrestling. And if so, this is her chance to get a mania moment. I just don't see it happening right now. It feels like the Moxley situation more than a Kevin Owens situation where they want her to, uh, where they want her to stay. Lastly, I'd book Alexa to attack Lita, get some fire back after the rumble. Could lead to a match where Lita, uh, uh, where Dark Alexa gets a win at least. Chris, I mean, I, you know, dude, you don't have to uh, apologize for anything. It, uh, you were, I honestly, I, won't, I woke up this morning and I thought it was a bit. Yeah. He was doing it to work, everyone, and it successfully, you know, and it worked because we all did. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's totally fine. Um, I think a lot of this as well is this whole idea that this is her last year in wrestling. I don't know what that's based on. And I don't know what it's based on either. Maybe it's some interview that she did that I'm not aware of, but I don't know. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel like this is her last year in wrestling. No. She is. Can't be that old. She's 31. Probably got some time left. Yeah. Damien Priest is in his 40s. Yeah. She, I think she's probably got a she's probably time. fine. Probably, probably fine. This doesn't have to be her last WrestleMania. I, yeah, and I don't think it will be either. But also, I'm not the I'm not a big Alexa Bliss stand, so maybe there is something I don't know. Yeah. Maximus Grooves says many want Kevin Owens and Sammy versus the Usos of the tag titles, but Sammy and Jay are the defending champs right now. If neither of them compete Friday, does it invalidate the reign? Sucks to end it on a technicality, but it fractures Roman's composure even more versus Sammy. Well, Sammy just stepped in. Yeah, they, Je- they Je- Freebird ruled it yeah. in, in the moment. Just, I'm just checking. Just going to the Superstars tab on WWE.com. The Usos are recognized as the Raw Tag Team Champions. Yeah. Jay and Jimmy. Yeah. Not Sammy. Right. So, yeah. They, it's, they, it's stupid pro wrestling, and that would never happen in a real sport, but it is stupid pro wrestling, and you have to kind of expect that. Yeah. That's fine. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, do you think they lose the belts on Friday? Nah. That's the one with the record-setting long reign, right? Mm-hmm. I think more than likely Jay comes out, does business, and then immediately leaves. And it's just like, don't talk to me. I don't want to talk about it. We're, I'm getting this done for the sake of the family, but I'm not... I'm not dealing with y'all. Sort yourselves out for now and goes off and we delay this. Then we can do Braun versus Ricochet at WrestleMania. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Literally just came in and I was like, what else do you do after that? Oh, I suppose you could do Braun versus Ricochet. And the flippy flopper will get the win over Big Braun. Wait, do you know what they could do? They could do Will Ospreay versus Vader, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's actually exactly what this is. (laughs) It's <laughs> exactly what this is, but we could do it right this time. Yeah. Benjamin Gabriel has been a member for 10 months in a row. Said, I personally still want Jay to be the one to dethrone Roman. It started with Jay, it should end with Jay. I've I've heard a lot of people saying stuff like this. And going back to like the I don't give a damn what the Tribal Chief said segment on SmackDown. I is it's hard because he's not the focus of the story right now. But if they wanted to pull the trigger on that, I think that would be a very satisfying ending to all this if yeah. done correctly. Ben Vlerick said, "I didn't actually watch Raw. Tomorrow's my birthday. Early present is Hogwarts Legacy. I'll be watching Dynamite on my birthday, though. Hoping we don't get anything goofy with Big Show because it's going to be his birthday too." I was wondering when the next time we would see Big Show would be. Uh, talk, well, All Out, probably. Yeah. <laughs> the All Out pre-show. He'll be facing, oh, I don't know, 
Aaron Solo. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Let's just <laughs> say, say Mo. Mo. <laughs> and our last one here is from Gabriel Reyes, who says, Raw was good for me. I still want to see Sammy win the titles, but the acceptance stage is coming. <laughs> that Cody promo certainly helped. <laughs> <laughs> and also... <laughs> <laughs> this idea that collectively as Sammy Zay fans, we're just coming to the acceptance. It's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. A lot of people seem to like Raw, though. I was going to say, we, um, lovely Mod Mother has also said, check the poll in all caps. So thank you for reminding me because we did forget to do it on the AEW show. Thoughts on this episode of Raw? 75% thumbs up, 22% in the middle, 1% thumbs down. That is very interesting and it's strong yeah strong 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 well that'll do us for this episode thank you all so much for watching you all rule uh we're back on thursday with the aew dynamite review it will be uh pete and ollie i believe sounds about doing right it because i'm off for a week doing other projects um so yeah tune in on that please do give us a subscribe we are on our way to eighty-five thousand subs and press the thumbs up on all this sort of stuff go watch survival series go watch well. survival series episode four can you name every elimination chamber winner he couldn't oh, spoilers oh you really you really start <laughs> that one by instilling confidence in yourself <laughs> I, I did i really also set myself up here by being i couldn't remember who was in this elimination chamber <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for watching i've been luke and dad that's been tempest jam that jam Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.